It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not just raise your taxes. New analysis showing Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act will increase taxes on everyone making over $30,000 a year. Thanks, big government weenuses. Not to mention that it won't have any reduction on inflation whatsoever. That is correct. We're going to chop it up. This news, of course, coming as the president contracted COVID for a second time over the weekend, throwing even more doubt on his claim that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. A lot of challenge flags to throw today from the sidelines. Lace them up at 888-788-9910. You know the rules this Monday, every Monday, every day in between, be a Republican, be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a Happy Monday, everybody. Champ is back in action. Uh, I'm going to be on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock. We're getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, uh, Greg Gutfeld. Number one in the ratings, by the way. Guy's, ha- guy's killing it. Uh, so as, as, much, as much grief as I give the guy, as much incoming fire as I take on for my wardrobe, I really do look like a fat figure skater these days, some of those flashy jackets. The fact remains nobody is having a better time than us, and uh, it is incumbent upon all of us to have that good time because it's a mess, man. You know, it was the weekend. I know you guys were out there living it up. At least I hope you were. Okay, but if you were watching any of the Sunday shows, I'm just going to dive right in on this. Because I'm a little little worked up today. Wow. Okay, as you know, last week I was screaming and yelling about the Inflation Reduction Act. That's what it's called. Now, it's essentially, as you know, the Build Back Better agenda by a different name. Why is that significant? Because the Build Back Better agenda— is what every economist largely claims as the catalyst for the inflation we're now experiencing. They taxed and spent way too much. They printed $1.9 trillion. That is financial lunacy. But dig this, they did it in the name of COVID relief, and only 9% of the money went to COVID. What a fraud. I mean, really think about that. But understand, knowing there was no support in the polls for more green energy spending, for more big government subsidies for green energy producers at a time when we're declaring war on the same fossil fuel industry that could get us out of this mess by lowering fuel prices, helping inflation across the board, they went out and passed the same bill a second time under a different name. That's just how white folks will do you. And then they tried to take a victory lap over the weekend on the Sunday shows. And I have to tell you, man, this is such a bad one because the thing about inflation is inflation is a now problem. Okay, you're getting crushed now. If you live on a fixed income, you're getting smoked right now. If the fuel prices are are hurting your wallet, they're hurting your wallet right now. It's not down the road. But this bill, in the most generous interpretation of the bill, says it will have a net zero impact on inflation, but will only get to that net zero 10 years from today. That's stupid. 
Use your common sense. Meaning, does the Inflation Reduction Act do anything at all to help with prices today? The answer would be no. But what it does do is it contradicts yet another campaign promise from Joe Biden. If you remember, I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, according to the analysis on this bill, which is just crossing this morning, Okay, according to the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, okay, taxes would increase by $16.7 billion on anybody making less than $200,000 next year. So if you're making less than $200,000, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of us are, okay, your taxes are going up if you're making less than $200,000. Now, if you happen to... Okay, to be making between two hundred thousand and five hundred thousand, it is also going to increase your taxes. So, long story short, okay, every single American making less than five hundred thousand dollars a year is about to pay more in taxes. Biden sucks. Okay, but understand, they're still out there trying to take a victory lap. Now, I just want you to know what's going on because the whole point of this show, I say it every week. I say, hey. This is sports talk radio. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I'll sit here and tell you who's winning in Washington. I'll tell you who's losing. I'll tell you why. That's how I like to talk politics. I'm not trying to make you vote a certain way. I'm not shouting people off the phones who disagree with me because I don't care. Okay, I care about the country, but I don't need to be right. Okay, if I needed to be right, I wouldn't have gotten married. Okay, a lot of they don't tell you this. It's in the vows. It's the fine print. You know, at the end of like those uh, prescription drug commercials where the guy reads 37 minutes of side effects at a thousand miles an hour. When you get married, you do renounce your right to be right. I mean, that's actually how it works. Like, I love you. Death to his part. And the priest is like, oh, by the way, you're never going to be right again. That's true. That is true. And that's fine. God love Jenny. What a great woman. But the point is, okay, I'm not on here to win. I'm just on here to tell, you know, tell you what I believe to be the balls and the strikes. Tell it like it is, if they say. Have an honest conversation with you. Okay, but I don't come at this from an activist standpoint. That being said, this is where we're at in terms of strategy, in terms of sports talk, in terms of the Biden administration. Okay, green energy has is a religion to them. It's bigger than anything. It's bigger than, you know, um, all of this woke nonsense they're peddling about, you know, there being seven billion genders and, you know, science just being an abstract thing. You know, it's bigger than the endless supply of racist accusations to anybody who disagrees with their agenda. I mean, they'll flat out use that to advance green energy. They'll tell you if you're not in favor of climate equity. Come on, we got to spend money on climate equity because, you know, the climate's not fair to certain races where it's better to other. Like, what are you talking about? Now Mother Nature's got to go down to HR. Excuse me. Now birthing person nature has got to head on down to HR and get yelled at. Is that what you're telling me? What the hell is the world coming to? But when it comes to green energy, okay, understand it's emotional. And when people are operating from a place of emotion, it denies them the self-awareness that would otherwise tell them they sound crazy. I bring this point up. Why? Because the environmental wing of the Democratic Party has been wrong about their climate predictions all the time. When I was a little kid, we had an ice age coming. It's an ice age. We're all going to die. We're going to be freezing in 10 years. Good luck because we're freezing unless, you, you know, 
Send a couple of bucks to our special interest. Please give us money. But that's what it was. It's an ice age. We're all going to die. Run for your lives. We got 10 years. 10 years came and went. Did anybody die? <laughs> so what happened? They're like, well, it's global warming. It's getting hot out. You don't understand. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. No, we got 10. Get, get it here. We got 10 years, but you got to get it here sooner or we're all going to die. Those 10 years came and went. Al Gore won an Oscar. Did anybody melt? <laughs> so when the temperatures didn't hit those warming targets that were predicted, what did they say? Oh, it's climate change. You guys don't understand. It's bad. Please give us money. I'm telling you, we're in big trouble. Please give us money. We got about 10 years, but you better step on the gas. Please give us money. And the 10 years, here we are. Nothing's going on with the climate. Okay, what's happening? It's hot in July. It's my favorite thing in the world. They're like, oh, we got these heat waves all over the place in July. Democrats are so full of crap. Yo, are you ready? It's July. July. If you look at the calendar last July, if you look at the calendar the July before that, what did they both have in common? They were hotter than a stock tip from Paul Pelosi. It's always hot in July. But there they are right now. Please give us money. And nobody wants to. So now they're taking it from you. Okay, that's what this Inflation Reduction Act is. If you look at the victory lap over the weekend, Chuck Schumer saying the Inflation Reduction Act does more to fight climate change than any bill in history. What does inflation reduction have anything to do with climate change? Does it have anything to do with climate change? The answer would be no. But never mind that the analysis of what they've just passed, okay, is going to raise your taxes. Okay, it is not going to cut emissions. This is just the latest pie in the sky. We're saving the world. First, the world was freezing. Then the world was cooking. Now the world's just changing. It's transitioning. Okay, Mother Earth is going to be Father Earth soon. She's transitioning. She's switching genders. And if you disagree, you're going to be transphobic because that's how they roll. They're crazy. It's bananas. But I want you to listen to this because Joe Manchin and I've said this before. Joe Manchin is, of course, a Democrat in a state in a state that votes overwhelmingly Republican. He has managed to get by by being a little bit of a centrist, more of a Reagan Democrat than what you see in the modern era, which is there are no biological differences between men and women. And you're going to hell if you disagree. Everybody's a racist and yada, yada, yada. That's not who Joe Manchin is. But at his core, he is still a politician. So if there's some type of special interest money or some lobbyist placation or something he can benefit from, he'll go out and do Democratic stuff, like pass a bill, vote for a bill like this that he was dead set against. Now, here he is trying to explain that he didn't change his mind or evolve on his thinking. He always believed this. It's clip one. Well, I've never changed or evolved my thinking. I always felt we should be able to fight inflation and try to give relief to people all over America right now with the highest inflation rates they've ever seen. I've always looked at that for a balanced approach. I never could get there. didn't think I was going to get there this time. But it all came to fruition and it worked out and I'm happy it did. You're alive. Yo, the only thing in this bill that's aimed at combating inflation is the title of the bill. There's nothing else in here that says, like, this is specifically to reduce inflation or this measure will reduce inflation. Every one of these measures is based on an audacious claim that if we throw money at the climate problem, 
we throw enough money at the climate problem, somehow your costs are going to come down. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Yo, this money isn't being spent immediately. Inflation is going on now. This is a now problem. They're not worried about the inflation. This is a tone-deaf indifference to the suffering of the American people. Here he is uh, being asked about The Economist, predicting that it will, in fact, increase inflation. Clip four. This is the Penn Wharton budget model that says that this bill actually would, they say very slightly, but would increase inflation over the course of the next year and a half. Well, we had 17 economists, Mm -hmm. Nobel laureate economists, say that uh, a year year ago ago. almost said that the inflation would be transitory and wouldn't last. It would just go away. So I understand there's difference of opinion, but everybody, if they look at this bill objectively, we're paying down $300 billion in uh, for, for debt. $300 billion we're taking of this bill, paying it towards debt. First time in 25 years, John. Never been so, done in so, 25 years. You don't have a clue. Do you understand what he's trying to say there? Because he's not answering the question. Well, we had 17 economists, Nobel laureate economists, say that oh, a year ago that inflation would be transitory and it wouldn't last. Yeah, meaning... The economists were wrong. (laughs) They were wrong. Now we want you to believe, well, but those same economists, they're due. He's looking at it like a baseball game. Well, the guy's 0 for 3, but he's coming up with two men on and two men out. He's due. He's due to get a hit. That's not how this works. We're not supposed to base economic policy, the plight of the immediacy of the American people on, well, we're due to get one right. But that's essentially what we're talking about when he says we're paying down $300 billion in debt. How are they paying down $300 billion in debt? By raising taxes on the manufacturing class. Correct the mundo. And what happens then? The manufacturing class doesn't go, oh, well, it's going to cost us more money. I guess we'll just lose it. No. They're going to pass the cost on to you. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. Bill Cassidy sums it up the best. Okay, from the great state of Louisiana, he basically just threw a challenge flag so hard he needs Tommy John surgery on his right shoulder, his right elbow. Here it is, clip five. Much of what he says is just not true. For example, they are raising taxes. According to the Joint Committee of Taxation, taxes will be raised almost $17 billion in the first year on those who are making less than $200,000. And the percent of taxes raised for individuals increases over time for the middle class and the lower income. They're raising taxes on people who make less than $10,000, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation. And in terms of lowering the price of fuel, they're going to raise excise tax on the, uh, every, every, every uh, barrel of oil by $17, roughly. That is going to increase the price of the pump, increase uh, other fuel-related costs. Bottom line, like when it comes to reducing debt, when it comes to fighting inflation, every Democrat in Washington is completely full of. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. will cut your cost of living and reduce inflation for, and it lowers the deficit. It strengthens our economy for in the long run as well. This bill has won the support of climate leaders like former Vice President Al Gore, who said the bill is, quote, long overdue and a necessary step to ensure the United States takes decisive action 
on the climate crisis that helps our economy and provides leadership for the world by example. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. That is Joe Biden telling you the new bill is going to reduce your cost of living. Wrong. Yo, I am reading you. This is not like Jimmy Fallon's Fox News get mad at the president analysis. That's not what we do. Okay, this is the Congressional Joint Committee, meaning the Republicans and the Democrats reviewed this bill and found that taxes are going up on every single American making less than 500000 Okay, does you know what that means? That means you're, if you're listening right now, you're getting a tax increase. Does a tax increase lower your cost of living? The answer would be no. No, not even a little, not even kind of. And the shameless lying that we're getting out of this White House, man, the long, droopy balls of this old man to get out there in front of a microphone and read off the teleprompter. Ah, I just reduced your cost of living. Things are getting better. That is a fact check. False. Killing us. And if anybody knows it's Dennis, he's listening on the legendary WVMT. Yo, Dennis. Is this Jimmy Fallon? You better believe it is. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. (laughs) Dennis. Jimmy, um, I'm going to go out on a credit fueled spending binge and when my creditors and prod victim haul me before the judge going to say, Your Honor, I was deficit spending my way to prosperity, after which I was going to pay everybody back, honest. <laughs> like, they don't get it. You weren't actually defaulting on your payments. You were just going to keep spending, and it was ultimately going to make your payments makeable. This is the strategy they're deploying in Washington, is it not? It is. And you know, Jimmy, I could buy I could buy my children um, some balloons and and my wife some fingernail polish to to keep them happy until the day of remorse comes. <laughs> you better start spending. It's coming fast with this White House. It's a mess, man. And they're flat out like just say, oh, we're going to lower your taxes. Everybody's about to pay more than ta- in taxes. And any time they tell you they're going to lower your taxes in the same week they hire 87,000 IRS agents, that's not what you do when, te- when you're you know, getting ready to not collect taxes. You know what I'm saying? That indicator. Last time. Five seconds. Make it quick. Ah, Dennis, we'll do it again. It is the high-flying, death-defiant. Fox across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Monday. Shannon Bream's going to be here to class up the joint. And Oklahoma Representative Mark Wayne Mullen, who is now a candidate for Senate, if you're listening on 96.9 The Eagle down in Oklahoma City, if you're listening on KRMG in Tulsa, uh, this guy wants your vote. Check him out a little bit later in the show today. But right now, we're talking about the guy that did, in fact, get some of your votes in the 2020 election. This is, of course, your 46th president, Joe Biden, uh, who was sworn in a little over a year ago. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, I bring up things that previously happened because Biden, over the weekend, if you were paying attention was diagnosed with COVID a second time. Now, this is significant uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, The first and foremost is that he has been telling us for the better part of a year that this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And that claim that this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated was how he justified 
going back on previous claims by himself, Jen Psaki and Dr. Fauci, that there wouldn't be a vaccine mandate. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take uh, steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. They all were. Okay, but the audacious claim they made is, you know, we are justified. In firing from you, you from your job, even though we bash the vaccine on the campaign trail. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) So think about that. Back then, when he was on the campaign trail, when it finally gets approved and it's not likely to go through all the protocols, who the hell's going to take the shot? That was his claim on the campaign trail. Then when he got into office, the same guy who bashed the vaccine on the trail, the same guy who vowed to unite the country, then started calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated. How dare you question this vaccine? Never mind that I just did for nine months and said Trump was basically making it for the school science fair. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. These people are going to get us all killed because if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. Here's Biden saying it four different times. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the, vi- the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Continue to spread the diseases. And so we should think of in the patriotic duty. Whether you're whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated, so you're not spreading anything to anyone else, or you're not likely to get the virus, whatever virus. And Delta still is the worst. It's four times Joe Biden stood in front of the country and said, "What? Okay, again, the same guy who trashed the vaccine up and down and sideways during the campaign." This is politics as usual. Bashed it up and down and sideways, now turned around to say what? Well, you got to get the vaccine. It's your patriotic duty to get the vaccine. Because if you get the vaccine, you can't get it. Come on, don't bullshit me. That's what he told you. I don't want to hear all this talk about freedom. You don't have the freedom to kill somebody's grandmother. Never mind that if she's immunocompromised, shouldn't she just have the vaccine? You are correct, sir. Think about that. 
never mind. It's like the mask thing. If you think the mask works, you don't have to care if I'm wearing one. You're protected as far as you're concerned. But this is where people who claim it's all about power find a lot of validation. These guys are pushing things in the name of control, and they are, in fact, controlling everything except the actual virus. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Joe Biden has been vaxxed and boosted multiple times. This guy's got five shots in his arm, and he has COVID two times. They're calling it a rebound case because he took Paxlovid. And, you know, sometimes you take Paxlovid, it turns out you get COVID twice. Yo, when was the last time you heard of a true vaccine, like the polio vaccine, giving anybody COVID once, excuse me, giving anybody polio once, let alone polio twice? I think he's got a point. Seriously, you've never heard the word breakthrough case once, let alone 50 million times. But that's what we're dealing with. And I'm not coming to you today as an anti-vaxxer. I'm here not anti-vax as a guy who is actually pro-freedom. It's your freedom to do whatever the hell you want in this instance, especially when they've lied as shamelessly as they have, especially when they've relied on social pressure at every turn because they didn't have any science to back them up. Okay, and every time we get another one of these announcements out of Biden, oh, I got COVID again. Oh, Fauci's got COVID again. All the vaccine boosted people are getting COVID again. Okay, you see the scam. And my frustration is this comes at a time when there's so much pressure ramping up right now for parents to boost their kids. The CDC is recommending that parents boost their kids. Does the CDC share any data to show us that there's a benefit to this? The answer would be no. Dr. Fauci testified what? We don't have enough data right now to prove that conclusively. But he was asked by Rand Paul, hey, is anybody on the board recommending these boosters for kids making money off of these boosters. And you know what Fauci said? I've played the clip a thousand times. Well, under the law, we're not entitled. We don't have to disclose that to you. He should be behind bars. Really think about that. Okay, if you're pushing a vaccine on kids without data, you know you're going to make a gazillion dollars from it. That's pretty underhanded. You wouldn't want your name associated with such a thing. Meaning if it wasn't true, you'd just flat out deny it. You have the freedom to deny it. You also have the freedom not to answer the question. Now, why would you not answer the question unless the answer reflected negatively on you? Oh, wow. And again, I don't bring this stuff up. It's like Jimmy anti-vax failure. I don't care what you do. It's America. Free range chicken, man. E pluribus unum. The whole point of kicking that British ass up and down the coast back in 1776 so we could do our own thing. Remember, it's your thing. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. That was the whole point of America. Okay, it's a patriotic jam. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. That whole thing. Well, in this day and age, the government is very much telling you who to sock it to. And if you don't agree with them, they're saying, you know, you're going to get people killed. That's not right. But that's what they're doing. Here's Bob Costas. I'm going to play you this because there's some overlap in the world of sports right now. American athletes going up to Canada to play the Blue Jays are being forced to stay home because of the vaccine mandate, the local ordinance there in Toronto. Now, again, they're banning you, a pro athlete who's as low of a COVID risk as anybody in the world, given the condition you happen to be in, given the age you happen to be in, given the weight you happen to play at, you are the least least at risk against COVID, right up there with children, thank God, by the way. 
okay, and the Canadian government, Justin Trudeau, when he's not putting on blackface for Halloween, he's yelling at people and firing them for not getting a vaccine. A vaccine, oh, by the way, that does not stop you from getting and spreading COVID. I'm not saying this, again, as an anti-vaxxer. I'm saying this as a guy who is watching your own president. Your own president has gotten COVID in twice in two weeks, dude. Twice in two weeks, he's vaxxed and boosted. Is there any world, any world at all, where anyone can look you in the face and say vaccinated people aren't getting and spreading COVID? The answer would be no. Of course not. So it's very much a personal choice. But a lot of these guys got drunk on power. You know the old Milton Friedman line? There's nothing more permanent than a temporary injunction by the government. So now that this COVID vaccine mandate has been proven as useless in stopping the spread of the virus, they're still stepping on the gas with these mandates. Why? Because they're drunk on power. Again, nothing more permanent than a temporary injunction. Nothing goes in effect by the government and ever comes off the books. That's not how this works. Okay, here's Bob Costas, who, again, I respect quite a bit as a as an announcer. Bob Costas, when I was a young kid, when he used to do um, the American League Championship Series on NBC with Joe Morgan, uh, one of his statisticians had invited me. I used to call in and review their broadcast. I was Jimmy uh, from Long Island, and I would call into his voicemail and be like, I like what you did in the third inning. I didn't like what you did in the fifth inning. It's like one of these funny stories about my life that I used to do in like my late teens, early 20s. I was a big Yankee fan, and he just wanted like fair feedback on his broadcasts. He really just wanted us to stroke his ego because the guy's like three foot seven. But the point is he's Bob Costas. He's an icon. I was honored to do it, and I was honored to call in. But when it comes to, okay, the self-righteousness that is just all over the modern sports landscape, people have latched onto this vaccine because it's a branding exercise. If you say, I'm vaccine guy, shut up, get the vaccine. How dare you endanger your teammates? How dare you let your teammates down? Okay, that looks good on your brand because you look like the guy who's empathetic. You look like the guy who knows better. But at the same time, the person who's being forced to take a shot they don't want when all of the evidence refutes the reasoning for taking it, which is that you can get it, spread it for other people, they, in truth, are the self-righteous one. Or not self-righteous, but at least the righteous. Okay, but here is Bob Costa saying that athletes are hurting their team. It's clip 30. Benintendi, at this point, is not vaccinated. So if they were to play Toronto tomorrow in Toronto, he could not cross the border. The St. Louis Cardinals' two best players, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, both unvaccinated, missed the two games just this past week in Toronto. The Cardinals are in a race with the Brewers in the National League Central and in a race for a wild card spot. So leave aside any medical opinion, leave aside the politics of it, this is a team sport. We're not talking about Novak Djokovic on his own, uh, deciding not to get vaccinated in an individual sport. This is a team sport. And no matter whether you agree or disagree with the mandates or any country's rules and regulations, you are hurting your own team when you don't get vaccinated under these circumstances. But should remember what he said again, whether they're right or wrong, because I understand it is a team sport. I understand that you sometimes have to, you know, put the interest of the of the team ahead of the interest of the individual. But if we're going to sit here and speak truth to power, shouldn't we be acknowledging the fact that they have no right forcing this on anybody, especially when the data throws out every one of their claims? Really think about that. 
your president, Joe Biden, is allowed into Canada right now because he's been vaxxed and boosted. You know what else he's been doing? Testing positive for COVID every day of the last few weeks. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You're being scammed. Got a little number here for all those bosses making us get the vaccine. Take this jab and shove it. I ain't working here no more. The government lied to call our freedom. It's my choice, not yours. You better not try to jab me today as I'm walking out that door. Take this jab and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I've been working in my house, which felt like 15 years. All this time I've watched politicians selling us a ton of fear. And I've seen Dr. Fauci lie and change his mind every day. I take my mask off and send it back if I had the guts to say. Take this jab and shove it. I ain't working here no more The government lied to call our freedom It's my choice, not yours You better not try to jab me today As I'm walking out the door Take this jab and shove it I ain't working here no more Take this jab and shove it This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up on a Monday. Our president resting. He is in isolation. Doctors saying his symptoms are mild. But enough about dementia. Biden's lost his marbles. Here's a weird bite from Biden that I wanted to get to. It's him trying to explain the economy and $8,000 checks from the government, which, by the way, none of us got. But just stick with me here because you're going to need to stick with him and it's going to take all the focus you have. Listen to this clip. It's clip 15. But I started thinking about it just as, a, you know, somebody who's raised a middle class kid one year. Even though you didn't have the job you have now, even though you didn't get a raise that year, the difference between having a job, having a 5% raise or whatever, 3, 5, 7, whatever it happens to be, in the face of inflation, price of the pump, although that's down every day so far, but, you know, it's like, whoa, I feel worse off. But then again, I didn't get a check for eight grand from the government, They just among other things. Does that make any sense to anybody, or is it just me? Have you ever had a check? Did you hear that? <laughs> Whoa, I feel worse off, but I didn't get a check from the government for eight grand. Uh, here's a newsflash, dude. 
Nobody did. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Yo, it really is a mess, man. I, I feel bad harping on this. And the reason I bring it up a lot, you know, I, I respect the office of the presidency. And you've heard me say, man, I root for the president whether I voted for them or not. I don't like a lot of this far left ideology, but I don't wish the guy any ill will. But we just went through this in my family with my uncle Sonny where, you know, he was ultimately resigned to a memory care unit out in Utah before he unfortunately died, um, you know, back in the spring, early in the spring. Um, Uncle Sonny was the coolest guy I knew growing up. And eventually one day we were like, wow, this is, you know, he's talking in really scrambled prose where nothing has to do with anything else, like the Biden clip. You know, you think of when you're raising a teenager and you got that job and you didn't get a 5% raise that year, but, you know, you're in the face of things like inflation, but I didn't get a check for eight grand from the government. And you're like, dude, wait, wait, what? What the hell did you just say? I don't know. I don't know what he just said, and he doesn't. He actually stops talking and goes, does that make sense to anyone or is it just or is it just me? And no one looks at him and goes, no, no, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And again, this is a liability. OK, getting past the fact that it seems like the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. It just looks weak. That's why you got people like China vowing to shoot down people like Nancy Pelosi if they go to Taiwan. They just don't respect this guy. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up. Got a big hour coming up on this show because Shannon Bream, who was the legendary host of Fox News at Night, host of the Live in the Bream podcast, something I was recently featured on. She's going to be joining us in this hour to talk about the possibility of the January 6th committee bringing criminal charges against Donald Trump. Now, is that actually going to happen? The answer would be no. No, but this is the latest attempt to keep people tuned in to this ongoing committee that, oh, by the way, is now going to be broadcasting right up until the midterms. Nah, no political agenda there. This isn't an attempt to swing people's votes. This is an honest-to-goodness quest for truth and justice and accountability say the people uh, in the Democratic Party and, of course, their cohorts in the media, where we've got a new report, and this one is fantastic, and I just want to talk about it off the top. And there's a reason why, okay, and there's a reason why you'll be welcome to join in as well, 888-788-9910. Obviously, when you look at the polling for the midterms, the pressing issue is what? The economy, okay? That is overwhelmingly the number one issue, fuel prices right there with it, okay, crime right up there as well. COVID restrictions coming in at fourth and the fentanyl poisoning deaths, which should be number one, also rounding out the top five. The January 6th committee overthrowing the government, you know, led by a bunch of lunatics in Chewbacca bikinis. That's not really a concern for any everyday American right now. But they're trying to run with this for the simple fact. And I've said this before. I'm not breaking any ground. Okay, they're trying to run with this because it's a lot easier when you're campaigning this fall to call everybody in the Republican Party a white supremacist than it is to defend your record on inflation, to defend your record on crime, to defend your record on fuel prices, defend your record on the suffering by our children at the hands of all of these lockdowns, at the hands of all of these mask mandates that have inhibited their ability to actually get into a classroom and learn. I love the poorly educated. Well, there's plenty of them right now. And if I was a Democrat and I caused most of this chaos, I wouldn't want to run on it either. 
So the getting out there in the January 6th thing, it's not telling us anything new. And I want to be very clear. If you're listening to the show for the first time, I'm not running the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I think his actions leading up to January 6th were ridiculous. I was on the air that day saying he shouldn't be giving a speech blocked from the Capitol because the optics are bad. The potential for chaos is everywhere. And lo and behold, that's what it amounted to. It wasn't an attempt to overthrow the government. They were unarmed with the most powerful government in the world. But it was very much a protest that got out of control. Half of them were let into the Capitol by Capitol Police. But then there were those that did use force and, let's be clear, did not use it in a way that any of us is okay with. This is where the fork in the road comes. Okay, if you're a Republican, you go, hey, that's terrible. That's just as bad as what they were doing in the George Floyd riots. You know, when they were throwing rocks and bricks at the White House and 50 Secret Service agents got treated for wounds and bruises, cuts. Okay, it's bad like, you know, when they burned 13 Democratic-run cities. In the name of equality, they were burning down black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. They were looting stores, black-owned stores. In the name of equality, that's what we were told. I mean, it's bananas. It's the stupidest thing we've ever seen. The point is, people on the right have had one standard for condemning political violence. If it's someone in our party or someone associated with our party, yeah, it's not good. Okay, but people on the left have a double standard. And when there's a double standard, there's no standard. Understand this. Okay, when a Bernie Sanders campaign worker shot up a congressional baseball practice, almost killed Steve Scalise, hitting him six times, the Democrats didn't get on TV the following week and go, we got to work on our political rhetoric because people are committing wild crimes based on the things we say about our opposition. But understand, that was the aftermath of Democrats telling you Trump was literally Hitler on the campaign trail. And then when he won the election, they told you he was literally controlled by Vladimir Putin. This is an Austin Powers movie. Dr. Evil is controlling our president from afar. You shut your mouth, you bastard. Okay, that's what we were told. And lo and behold, one of the Bernie Sanders campaign workers shot up a Republican baseball practice. But the Democrats didn't care about rhetoric. We didn't make everybody in the government stand down while we could review their social media posts to make sure they, too, didn't say anything inflammatory in the run-up to the election. That's what we did after the Capitol. Okay, after the Capitol, the military was ordered to stand down for an inspection on white supremacy, and we were told that this was the end result of white supremacy. Yo, nobody stormed the Capitol because of President Biden's race. They stormed the Capitol because they didn't trust the legitimacy of the election. And yes, Trump was out there yelling and screaming it was stolen, which I don't condone if you don't have proof, because if you're going to call an election stolen and you don't have proof, then you yourself are no better than these people. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Do you understand? They did that. They did. Democrats did that for the entire Trump presidency. Oh, it's stolen. Robert Mueller's going to show you. He's got this report coming. And then when the report came and it wasn't stolen, they just kept on going. That's what they did. Why? Because for them, political power, okay, it means so much to them that for them, the ends always justify the means. If we've got to burn down cities, if we've got to claim a president is not legitimate, okay, if we've got to leak our own opposition research to the media in an effort to trigger a special counsel 
so we can engineer a soft coup that will get this president to self-destruct, fire the special counsel, create the perception that there's a there there. That was the goal of the Mueller probe. They knew he wasn't colluding with Russia. How could I make that claim? Because it was their research that started the probe. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. And when I, but by the way, just so we're on the same page, when I say their research, I mean their document that they dug up out of thin air to create a distraction from Hillary Clinton's email scandal. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So you understand the Mueller probe was only a thing because Democrats wanted power. They couldn't legitimately get it through the election. So they turned around with a soft coup designed to get Trump to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and we could all say, see, the walls were closing in. He fired Mueller so he wouldn't go to jail. You're absolutely right. But in the end, he let the probe run its course because he didn't have anything to hide. And when Mueller finally got on the stand after three years of every Democrat telling us definitive proof of Russian collusion, Mueller got on the stand and basically Miss Pac-Man ran out of quarters. <laughs> Game over. There was no collusion. OK, but in the course of three years, whether it was impeaching Trump over Ukraine whether it was fake stories in the Atlantic about him slandering veterans, the one thing the Democrats had demonstrated over and over and over again was nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Donald Trump. That was the thing. So when the 2020 election came and went and there was all kinds of chicanery in terms of states changing election laws, working around their state constitutions in order to do so, in order to green light 24-hour drop boxes and ballot harvesting and everything in between, Trump does have a legitimate claim that there was all kinds of chicanery in the 2020 election. You can't dispute that because it's out there, okay? But what we don't agree on, okay, when it comes to the Capitol is not that, you know, saying it was stolen isn't a good thing. It's not that storming the Capitol is a good thing. We all agree on that. What we don't agree on is what it constituted. It did not constitute an attempt to overthrow the government, nor did it constitute a white supremacist insurgency, okay? A deadly white supremacist insurgency, that's what they tell you. But understand, the only person who died at the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed white Trump supporter shot in the throat by a Capitol policeman. I'm not telling you these images are good. I'm not telling you these images are something I'm okay with. I'm just telling you they're not what the Democrats are trying to use them as, which is one, a wild distraction from their record of running this country, and two, an effort to make sure Trump never runs again and that anyone who ever supported him feels there's so much shame that they'll never vote for him again. That's what January 6th happens to be all about. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I bring this up because the ratings for this thing have continuously hemorrhaged as they've shown every new committee. We've had star, you know, surprise witnesses like it's an episode of The Masked Singer tonight. Tune in to find out who's going to test. They don't even know. They're running commercials for primetime hearings and giving you surprise witnesses. In this instance, the latest one was a gal by the name of Cassidy Hutchinson that the Federalists outed last week for what? being a hardcore Trump supporter up until a week before she testified. Okay, a week before she testified, she's sending text messages saying this is garbage. Why are they harassing Trump? Then she gets a new lawyer. Somebody probably offers her a contributorship at CNN, and she gets on TV, tells him everything they wanted to hear. Oh, he lunged for the steering wheel in the beast. 
He cursed out his Secret Service agents. He was going to drive the limo himself right to the Capitol and lead the charge. This was the testimony. And again, the media went nuts. Oh, you see, even his former aides telling you he tried to steal the limo. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But again, why is this going on? We're used to them lying. It's almost cliche to point it out. Okay, but it's going on because they're in a really desperate spot right now. Okay, people have mismanaged this government on a catastrophic level. And there's a very fine pivot being made in the media right now. And that pivot is this. They all know Joe Biden sucks. He's polling historically low at 31 percent. It's the lowest recorded number in the modern age. Joe Biden. Congratulations. Okay, they are done with him. They know he's not viable. They know he's not electable. He's being pressured to resign before the midterms to give Kamala Harris a fresh slate so the Democrats can figure out whether or not she herself would be a viable candidate in 2024. Okay, they want to at least give her two, two, two years to run the country and build up some currency for the American voter because if she happens to run on her own, she's finished. I agree with that. Understand, Kamala Harris ran for president in 2020. And when she dropped out, before the first contest, she was polling at 1% in her home state of California. Think about that. In her home state of California, she was polling at 1%. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> so they understand if she's going to be the incumbent somehow, that she needs as much runway as they can give her. So there's that internal pressure on Biden. But understand, that pressure is on Biden to resign. That pressure, okay, is on anyone who could potentially vote for Trump to feel like a white supremacist because they don't have a record to run on. And the catastrophic failures we're experiencing right now in terms of inflation and border security, rising fuel prices and everything in between are the end result of the woke left agenda. OK, we well, don't want to secure the border because it's racist. Never mind that they're now building border wall in Arizona. And we'll get to that report in a little bit. OK, we can't you know, have fossil fuels because we're saving the world. So, you know, we're going to get the fossil fuels from countries that burn it filthier and cause more pollution because it's going to take fuel to get it here. They don't want to acknowledge their record. They want to blame Biden for the mismanagement in the country without having to own the fact that the policies they forced on this guy are what's driving the problem. So here's Rolling Stone really quickly. They've got an article out today. I won't spend a lot of time on it saying Trump's team is preparing for criminal charges over January 6th. The media is a bunch of losers. And let me read why. OK, never mind that this is the same Rolling Stone that gaslit the country over the Duke lacrosse hoax involving the rape of strippers that turned out to be wholly fabricated. They exonerated every player on the team. But Rolling Stone says legal advisors for Former President Trump quietly preparing for possible criminal charges to be filed by the Department of Justice. Folks, this comes at a time when the committee itself is flat out saying, well, the DOJ seems to be lagging behind us because nobody's getting charged here. They know nobody's getting charged. The whole point of this, OK, going in was not criminal charges. If they had criminal charges, they don't need a committee. The DOJ doesn't sit around and go, well, somebody just shot somebody in St. Louis. Should we arrest them? No, nah, let's let Congress have a committee first and they'll tell us how to act. If there's criminal activity, they go prosecute it. They don't wait for some political show trial, which is exactly what this is. But according to Rolling Stone, three anonymous sources, three anonymous sources spoke to Rolling Stone for an article these sources described as people familiar with the matter. These three anonymous sources familiar with the matter is what Rolling Stone wants you to believe. You must be crazy. 
When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? One of these anonymous sources familiar with the matter says members of the Trump legal team are quietly preparing in the event charges abroad. It would be career malpractice not to. Folks, anonymous sources in Donald Trump, just so you understand, if you remember the Mueller probe, we had 200 anonymous sources when it came to Donald Trump. The walls are closing in. The kids are going to testify. He's taking a perp walk out of the White House. Every single one of those anonymous sources turned out to be wrong. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So Rolling Stone's out here running this Trump's going to jail story, very evocative of the Mueller probe, because like everybody else in the Democratic Party, They want you to be mad at Donald Trump, so you're not mad at them. Donald Trump's presidency is over, but for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start, friggin' Trump. The Ex-President Hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. Ex-President Hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The Ex-President Hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You'll watch me on TV tonight. I'm going to be on Gutfeld with Greg Gutfeld at 11 o'clock on the Fox News channel. Uh, check that one out. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, we're fired up on a Monday. There's a lot going on. Very Monday's show is when I'm on Gutfeld. Always a little loopy because there's some residual intoxication from all the Merlot he drinks on Sundays before he gets on Twitter and curses out the world. And then I'm just a mess from all the food I've thrown down, <laughs> usually at my mom's house or God knows where. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. But right now we got to suck it in because Shannon Bream is coming up. She's going to talk about, you know, a little bit of the residual effects of the January 6th committee, which, again, it's really just a waste of everybody's time at this point. I'm bringing it up because I want you to understand how this works. There's this big Rolling Stone article out today that got picked up that says three anonymous sources familiar with Trump's legal team. And then the article also says, uh, however, the source did add that the former president's lawyers are skeptical. The DOJ will go as far as to file criminal charges against Trump. Here's the deal. They're not charging Donald Trump. Okay, they're not. And I'm telling you, what he did on January 6th wasn't good, but it wasn't inciting a riot. Go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard, is not, let's have a riot. It's not, go get them. Okay, and they're trying to repurpose it as such. But again, this is an effort to really put so much social pressure in the public square on Trump and the potential Trump voter And I just find it disgusting that there are outlets like Rolling Stone still trying to pull this this late in the game. Because the truth is, like, I've told you this before, the Republican Party doesn't want Trump to run again. Like, the Mitch McConnells of the world really don't want him to run because he's not one of them. He's not part of the Washington Uniparty that gets fat and happy off lobbyist money. He did the job for free last time. Okay, they really don't want that out there. You know, but unfortunately, he gives them all the ammunition they need because he says enough crazy stuff that they can, in fact, discredit him. 
Okay, but if you could throw a shock collar on Trump and just give me his policies with a little discipline, we'd be in great shape. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Wow. What a big way to start off my Monday. Joining us now on the show, not only the host of Fox News at Night, not only a pageant champion, but she'll be the first one to tell you her career peaked when I did her podcast a few weeks back. Shannon Bream is here to confirm. Hello. Yeah, I still want a high. <laughs> I, I still haven't come down, Jimmy. <laughs> Shannon Bream. <laughs> That was uh, it was a, I'm, I'm obviously being sarcastic, but it was a career highlight for me. You know, I, I nobody likes a, a Shannon Bream visit more than I do. It's just it's good. You're good for morale. Do you know that? Were you ever told oh that before gosh. we became fast friends? Um, I've heard that. I've got sort of a sunny disposition, mm-hmm. but I got to tell folks whenever I run into you in the hallways, up to your shenanigans or whatever you're doing at Fox, it makes me so happy because I see you and I know immediately it's going to be a good thing because you're a positive person. I told you, Shannon Bream, I'm a dog with a job. People throw me tennis balls. Some guy just pet my stomach in the elevator. It's weird, but it works. Oh, do you get treats? <laughs> That's... Because, I mean, for treats, there's, no... there's a lot you could do. Well, the, you know what the problem with the wardrobe department is? They don't want me eating more treats, okay? They're tired. Like of ordering, for all of you. Yeah, they're tired of ordering <laughs> new sport coats, so they just want me chasing the tennis ball. A little bit less of the treats, I was told, but let's stay on point here. Um, did okay. I see on the Twitter, by the way, you spent a little time in Michigan? I did. Oh, my goodness. Some Our really, really good friends, their son, their middle son got married, mm-hmm. and so we decided to stay for a couple extra days. We went to Mackinac and all these places we've never been. It's so gorgeous. It's really nice out there, and I just want to say this. You're the Beautiful. only person in, I can talk to in a positive manner about Michigan because my wife Why? is my wife is Uh-oh. from Ohio, and they're like blood rivals Uh-oh. of the Michigan Wolverines, Ohio You're State not, and Michigan. Oh. So it's, oh, yeah. You can't mess around with that. No, no. My wife would rather know you were hanging out with the Taliban than the Michigan. Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> like, and I do mean that. I, do. I can report for the audience. There were, I did not spot any Taliban or hang out with any <laughs> Taliban in Michigan. Much, much to Jenny Fela's chagrin. But no, I do know it's a beautiful state, but I can only talk about it with you because I've been there like okay, doing stand up and stuff on the road. But yeah, when I'm with mm-hmm. her family, it's it would end bad. Like, I'd be in a really it's bad nice. spot. So, yeah. Th- mm-hmm. th- thanks for being my outlet for this sort of thing. Uh, let me ask you this. I'm though. here for you. <laughs> Shannon Bream, that's why you're the best. Um, you know people, okay, specifically people who work closely with the Supreme Court. Are we any closer to figuring out who le- who will leak this draft? Uh, if we are, they're not telling us. I want to hope that they are. I mean, listen, our amazing Supreme Court producer, Bill Mears, mm-hmm. stays at this, and we jump in on this every, you know, I, I pinged the court again last week. Can we get a comment? Um, and we're always digging. We know that there was sort of a universe of about 70 people that mm-hmm. they thought would have access to the physical documents. Mm-hmm. And they had definitely narrowed it down to a smaller group. But remember, the, the clerks are only there on a one-year contract. So as far as we know, what happens mid-July, and we think with this group, too, they're gone after that. So if this maintained as only an internal investigation, which is the only one we've been told about by the chief justice, he wanted the marshal to handle this in-house, they don't really have jurisdiction over those clerks anymore, at least not in the sense of an employer-employee. So we don't know. We know that clerks were asked to hand over cell phones and sign some affidavits. There was talk that some of them were getting attorneys. We don't know what what happened. So I've asked the court, can you even tell us if the investigation is still ongoing? Has it wrapped? Anything and no comment. They give you nothing. So we'll continue to dig. Unbelievable. Shannon Bream is on the line. She's the cat's pajamas, if ever there were a pair. I mean, honestly, you know what's funny about that phrase? Where did the cat's pajamas come from? Because I've never known cats to wear pajamas. I haven't either.
either, even our dog doesn't wear pajamas. So I don't know about animals and PJs. All right. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm good that you bring up the dog then because I have this theory, right? You know, we all love a celebrity dog and everybody posts pictures of their dog. And I, you know, I like at least 31 photos a week of Dana's dog or she'll have me thrown off the building. I was told like it's actually in my contract. I'm like, and you have There's to a li- minimum. Yeah, right. you, have you have to have like to the Dana dog photos or you got a big problem. But I don't know that any dog, any animal wants to wear clothing. You know, you see all these like Halloween costumes and stuff yeah. like that. Have you ever known your dog to be a dress up fanatic? Heck to the no. We have a lab, Biscuit Bream, and prior to that, we had a lab, Mocha Bream, Mm -hmm. and when you try to do anything, like even put the little ears on them, like the little antlers for Christmas pictures or whatever, like stayed on one nanosecond. I mean, not having it at all. (laughs) Now, when when Biscuit gets her little grooming bath and nails clipped and all that stuff, they put like a little cute um, scarf on her, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bandana, and she doesn't seem to mind that. But otherwise, she wants nothing on her feet. She wants nothing. Uh, mm. She's not going to be wearing outfits. No, I get it. I feel bad for animals when I see them in outfits. I, me too. I'm I'm team biscuit on this natural. one because yeah, I really don't think there's a dog sitting around like, oh, it's almost fashion week. You know, I don't think they care. <laughs> I just it's just my theory. She does like to travel though, so if I said Milan, she'd probably go, all right, I'm in. I can do stilettos <laughs> for a couple days. <laughs> biscuit and then I'm out. She does have swag. Like I will concede. Um, let me throw this one at you, Shannon Bream. Uh, it would not be fashionable for the DOJ to form a char- to charge a former president. We've never seen that before. But I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you this, okay? Because they you know I've, I've heard that floated around in the media. I don't genu- generally believe it's going to happen. But wouldn't it create a little bit of a legal snafu for the court if, in fact, somebody tried to charge a former president? Well, it's got to be such a novel question because it's never in the history of this country if we charged a former president with criminal charges mm. or indicted them. So it hasn't happened before. There are groups who are very much pushing for a DOJ charging of the former President Trump. And in fact, there's this group. Um, I, I saw that this group of uh, coalition of progressive groups got together. And they actually, I think it was a week or maybe a little bit more than that, uh, longer, 10 days ago, sent a letter to the DOJ and said, we need you to clarify whether or not you think the DOJ has the power and the ability and the authority to go ahead and provide criminal charges against President Trump, against a former president. And so they want the DOJ to just and their legal pundits, law students, mm-hmm. former prosecutors, like everybody out there is debating this. Can you charge a former president? So this group has said to the DOJ, do you interpret the criminal code and, you know, DOJ policy in that you can or you can't? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the DOJ has responded yet about whether they even can, but there, you know there are these broader implications about the DOJ has to worry, do we look political if we get involved in this? Is mm-hmm. it for the good of the country or the bad of the country if we get involved in this. And the most important thing probably that any former prosecutor or current prosecutor would tell you is can they prove the case? Because if you go this step saying we are going to charge a former president with criminal indictments, mm-hmm. you have to believe you have a rock-solid case because to drag the country through that and yeah. not feel that you actually could you know, wrap this thing up I think would be – a very difficult, destructive place to be. you got to know that you can win the case. Yeah, that, this has to be a slam dunk. So you're telling me, I mean, if we were handicapping this thing, I, the question, I guess, is then what's more likely, Trump getting charged or Biscuit Bream shopping at the Gap for clothing? <laughs> um, listen, if there's a good sale and a coupon, she will go to the Gap. <laughs> Biscuit um, Bream is a bargain hunter. That's amazing. Yes, we love a coupon. We love a coupon in this house. We love a sale. Um <laughs> 
listen, I think the DOJ is under a lot of pressure, obviously, to do it. But with all those outside considerations in mind and the fact that it would be such a novel first of its time ever attempt here in the U.S., yeah. I think they're going to be super cautious about it. And people have to remember, you see all this stuff in the January 6th committee and people are like, well, look, they've laid out this great case and they could do a criminal referral. It is completely different than what you would do in a court. The federal rules of evidence and procedure would ban a lot of what you heard mm. in that hearing. They don't have the same rules against hearsay, um, yeah. against what you can admit as evidence. So you got to remember, if you're somebody who thinks that former President Trump should be charged based on what you saw on January 6th, that's not what would be presented to a jury. That's a great point, because one other you know point of distinction is there would be a defense in a criminal proceeding, right. whereas this right now has pretty much been all offense has been all the prosecution, correct? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, there's been no one there to argue in defense of the president. Much is so different than what we saw in the impeachment, um, you know, hearings and proceedings where you have House members on both sides, both have a legal team. Um, so this has been like a prosecutor's dream, yeah. what you've seen for January 6th, because there is no rebuttal. And again, you don't have those rules of evidence and procedure excluding a lot of what you saw says, oh, I was told third hand about a conversation involving the Secret Service. That person's not going to be on the stand. It's hearsay. You're going to have the member of the Secret Service who allegedly was the firsthand party to that conversation. That would be the person on the stand. And remember, when it comes to January 6th, we have members um, of these alleged conversations saying to the um, committee, I want to come in. You know, the last they told us is, quote, I'm waiting by the phone. Um, but the committee hasn't called the people directly involved in those conversations that would be completely different in a court of law. Wow. Yeah, no, it's that that's why I, I don't get the feeling that it's really moving the needle politically one way or the other. Um, but I, I have liked the from day to day, once in a while you get a surprise witness like it's an episode of the masked singer. I've liked that yeah. twist. You know? Why is it gonna be this week? What will they say? <laughs> they should just what will they wear? Turn, I'm saying turn it into a talent show, I think is what I think what everybody should do at this point. We just you know, we just want to be entertained. Right. You turn around and you vote yes or no on whether you thought that it was good testimony. Yes, we'll accept that. (laughs) Phone lines are open. There's so many different ways we could do this. That's so funny. I'm going to vote Cassidy Hutchinson through to the next round. It'll be like, so funny. (laughs) Well, the J6 committee has definitely done that. (laughs) Uh, But as you know, a lot of what she had to say is a perfect example of what wouldn't be allowed in court. Yep. Um, Or at least would be challenged by the defense in a very um, heated manner. You get it. Uh, You do. Biscuit Bream should be proud of this performance. I know I am. Shannon Bream. Oh, I give it a seven point five. <laughs> so that's always that one Swedish judge that drags There's you down. There's always room for improvement. Always. Listen, I, I, that's where we uh, we we disagree. We finally found a point of disagreement. I am <laughs> I am pro Bream all the way. I am Bream team, as you know. I've got the foam fingers, the live albums, the box set. You're the coolest. Uh, let's do it again soon. And say something nice to Kevin Cork for me. You know, I love Kevin Cork. He's very lovable. I will. You're both amazing people, and so I will spread the, the goodwill and the message. Let me ask you this really quick, then, before I let you go. Yeah. Could we get a licensing deal where we made, like, a Kevin Cork, like a stuffed Kevin Cork? Like, it was like a snuggle oh animal. Oh, gosh. Because Here's I could the sell thing, that. Though, like, unlike animals, it will have an amazing wardrobe. That's what I mean. You make a stuffed. A sharp dresser. You yes. You pocket squares. You can buy different ties. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome. Do you remember Cabbage Patch Kids? We could have Kevin Cork Kids. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I think we're going to have to ask his permission. He's maybe going to want to cut, Jimmy. No, no. I'm down. Listen, I'm down. I'm down to give him the money. That's the thing. I, I listen. Okay. I, I was trying to get Gutfeld to make a Cabbage Patch kid since they're the same size, but he hasn't signed on yet. So I'll, <laughs> I'll keep you posted. I'll I'll work on it with Kev. I'll let you know how the deal comes All right. together. All right. I'll see you at the next merchandise meeting. You're the best, Shannon Bream. Bye, Jimmy. There she goes, the great Shannon Bream, telling it like it is. If you're following the January 6th committee. 
You're watching the prosecutor shoot on an empty net. There's no defense. There's nobody saying, yeah, but. There's nobody saying, well, as a point of clarity or, you know, this also went on. They're not doing that. And that's where they're having such an issue. And I only bring this up really quick. We'll get back to the calls here in a minute. CNN, okay, very hopped up on January 6th, obviously, because they don't want to hit the Democrats too hard. So CNN went out to Wyoming over the weekend to talk to local citizens about Liz Cheney and the role she's playing on the January 6th committee, thinking like, wow, this is going to be great. Liz Cheney, she's going after Trump. They're going to echo her sentiments. This is going to be a good Trump bash. We're doing it again. CNN is the worst. They really are, at least if you ask the people in this montage. Let me play it for you. Here's clip 22. Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? (laughs) Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Um, Personally, I think she's had three too many. She's done us dirty. How so? Look at how she's done Trump. I'm a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. It's so funny because CNN was all excited. They're like, oh, we're going to go talk to voters in Wyoming about Liz Cheney and January 6th. And they're just going to body slam this whole Trump guy. And that is why CNN and the January 6th committee, for that matter, are both raiding behind the Yule log. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. We were just talking with the great Shannon Bream. We're going to be rapping with Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma in the next hour. Uh, But right now we go back to the phones where Nancy is on the line in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Nancy. Hey, how are you, Jimmy? You know, I'm holding it together. I'm always a little bit of a mess on a Monday. Uh, you don't sound it. You sound sharp as a tack. Oh, Nancy, I got to give my drug dealer a raise. Thanks. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Uh, I know you do. I watch you a lot. I think you're funny. Oh, you're the best. Thanks for that. Well, I'll be on Gutfeld tonight at 11. If you can stay up or set your VCR, we're going to make the magic happen. I won't miss it. Don't worry about that. Rock and roll. Listen, I got a favor to ask you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Would you please interview Trump? <laughs> I have you're gonna laugh I have Lara Trump on the show this Thursday because we're doing outnumbered together again good I have never had Trump on this show I've had like his whole White House I've had his whole family Don Jr I've had Eric, him and Eric have been on a bunch Lara's been on a bunch I've never had him on this show like we just never found the timing when he was president because COVID happened we were gonna go to the White House but I would yeah. I would actually have him on but tonight like if you were looking for some Trump action um, Tucker has Greg Norman on. He interviewed him yesterday at the Live Golf Tournament at Trump Bedminster, and Trump is a part of that. So you're going to see oh, good. some Trump on Tucker and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But if, if, I just think it would be good for him to have a heart-to-heart with you. Uh, <laughs> so much has been said. Uh-huh. And if you listen to Alan Dershowitz, who I totally, totally respect, mm-hmm. I think the guy is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It, there's no case— 
against Trump for what happened on the 6th. Oh, no, no chance. Like what Shannon Bream was just saying, like, yeah, in a court of law, they, they'll never try him. No, because January and there's 6th- nothing to try him on. Yeah. And the problem is right now, mm-hmm. because you guys need to talk about him more. You need to bring him on. He's getting tried by virtue of not being seen and heard. But think about this, though. There's nobody watching that hearing. So he's not really like it's not moving the needle like the big issues. Not. No, it's not. Because I've, honestly, mm-hmm. if he runs and DeSantis gets in and the and the Democrats are doing what they're trying to do, which is split the party. Mm-hmm. They're trying to split it. Yeah, yeah. If that happens, we lose. Well, you know, the we big, can't let that happen. Well, the big concern there would be is if Trump ran third party. You know, if if the Republican nominee goes head to head with a Democrat, the Republicans are going to win just based on the issues. Like January 6th isn't a top 10 issue going into the midterms. You know what else isn't? Climate change or abortion. But well, the thank God for that. At yeah, least there's some sane people still left. <laughs> but that's what that but that is when you think about it, though, that's what Democrats are pushing on the way to the midterms. We'll throw Trump in prison. We'll save the environment and you can have abortion up until fifth grade. As far as they're concerned, it's oh, insane. God. Now, it's not going to come to that. But the point is they're going to lose. The real issue would be is if Trump ran third party because he didn't get the Republican nomination. I don't think it's going to come to that, but that would be the bigger concern. I think well, right is he going to get the Republican nomination? Because what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, yep. I love you guys. I listen to you. I love Gutfeld. I love Waters. I love Tucker. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with thing- two of those, but continue. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But what I'm concerned about is the visual impression, mm-hmm. the lack of visual and voice presence of Trump himself and his speeches but and what else something? he's up to. Let me give you let me give you something on that, okay? Because he right. hasn't been very visible on our channel lately. Not, not at all. Not not because he's not running right now. Yeah, and but he's been noticed, doing a lot of things. He's I, been I, in the public eye. I know, but stick eye. with me. But stick with yeah. me. The okay, less, I'll stick with you. The less okay. visibility he's had, the better his poll numbers have become because everyone's just giving Biden more rope to hang himself, and it's making a better case for Trump than Trump would. I love you, Nancy. got to go. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We are fired up in this hour. Mark Wayne Mullen, who is, of course, a representative from the 2nd Congressional District of Oklahoma, guy who is now running for Senate, is going to stop by to talk crime and non-punishment. Uh, at a time when woke bail reforms have turned our cities into a living, breathing hellhole. Everything woke turns to And now even the Biden administration being forced to finish portions of Donald Trump's border wall, which is significant. Why? Because Democrats told us for the better part of four years that walls were racist. We should be building bridges and not walls. Well, lo and behold, they're now filling in the gaps in the Arizona wall. Why? Because they work. Okay. Every border agent out there will tell you, yeah, it helps to have a wall. It helps to have a deterrent. It helps slow down the flood of illegal immigration. And we're not saying this because we're racist against anyone coming into this country. In fact, it's very reductive to assume that our border crossings are only in the Latino community. They're coming into this border from all over the world because they know it's open. But never mind if you're going to make it about the Latino community. You should probably acknowledge the fact that the Democrats won in 2020 
by a plus 40 margin with Latino voters. They were plus 40 with Latino voters in 2020. You know what they are now? They're tied. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Joe Biden has brought down support for the Democratic Party. His lawless border policy has brought down support for the Democratic Party in the Latino community by 40 points, dude. 40 points. Biden is such a disaster. And why? Because they want law and order, because they want legal migration. People who came to this country legally, okay, want other people to do so. They don't want to be in a country that's starting to resemble the one they fled, where you've got cartel violence and you've got all these fentanyl poisonings taking place and people are running roughshod over the police. It's no differently than what we're doing here in New York. Right now in New York, I covered this story for you last week. Okay, we got a 16-year-old kid. He's got a couple of violent priors. He's hopping a subway turnstile. He gets into a fist fight with the cops. Okay, violent fist fight with the cops. Our woke district attorney, Alvin Bragg, says what? Well, we got to try this guy as a kid. He's not going to face the same discipline as, say, an adult perp would. But do you understand that does send a message to other kids out there who are thinking about breaking the law, who are thinking about fighting a cop, that they're not going to have a problem if, in fact, they do. And I promise you might be doing that in the name of equity or you know being woke or nice, but you're hurting society especially when it comes to, you know, bail reforms, because the whole premise behind bail reform is, well, we're looking out for the minority community, so we don't want to jail minorities anymore. But they commit 99 percent of their crimes against other members of the minority community. So woke bail reforms are basically just saying we've got to look out for the minorities who break the law instead of the minorities who follow the law. That's what we're dealing with. And it's not, you know, lost on our callers. The legendary Harold is down in Raleigh, North Carolina, Retired from the NYPD. Harold, would you go back to the NYPD under Eric Adams if he called you? If I went back, Mr. Saylor, I would have a no hands on policy. (laughs) And every time I had to try uh, that young man, if I was standing in front of that turnstile and he jumped across and people started complaining, I would have stated in the spirit of equity, inclusion and diversity. I'm letting him on the train. It's that simple. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because for him to roll around with that guy for $2.50, God forbid if that young man would have had a heart attack, uh-huh. had an asthma problem, mm-hmm. was taking drugs, and or hit his head, mm-hmm. we would have a different conversation. Yep. The cop should have let him go. It's only $2.50. They don't have indemnity anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know why Alvin Bragg acts like he does, works like he does? Mm-hmm. He has qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the- why he doesn't care about he does what he wants to do. He's yep. never going to get sued while he's in office. Yep. But, I mean, the cops, the meanwhile. The said at arraignment was, can I sue the cop? Or yes. can I have him locked up? Mm-hmm. Think about that. So, if I was working for Eric Adams, I, if, I wish he came to a roll call if I was working. I'm not doing anything. You can't make me do anything. And I'd, and I'd keep quiet. That's it. That's the <laughs> bottom line. I wouldn't get jammed up for $2.50. <laughs> but I think that is the bigger problem right now is they've undermined the cops so much that there is like a reluctance to do real police work because you know how this works now. You pull a guy over for, you know, you know, running or making a right on red he wasn't supposed to make. Okay. The minute you walk up to that car, half the city puts on their cell phone and starts videotaping you like you're the lawbreaker. 
And he starts videotaping, too, because everybody wants to get – they pay you even when you're wrong now. So yeah. I don't understand why you're resisting arrest. You yeah. could be dead wrong, and they still pay you. It's crazy. But let me ask you this, because what you we've talked about this on the show before, about you know how even my brothers who worked in the NYPD for a long time didn't consider Adams to be a real cop doing police work. They thought he was more of a house mouse test taker, and I think we've kind of agreed on that. But is, yes, do you think there is um, – because you were a cop when the city was so bad. Okay, they did eventually. And it was David Dinkins, who wasn't a terribly popular mayor. But by the end of his term, at least he recognized the need for more police. Is there a world where Adams is at least opportunistic enough to know at some point we're going to have to give up all this woke garbage and start throwing more cops onto the streets? Or is there just this reluctance to do the job in general that's going to make that impossible? Well, it's a reluctance to do the job in general, and you can't recruit anybody. So the, you can lock up people all day long. If they're out in two hours, what, what's the purpose? Yep. That young man was out in less than two hours, and he had the audacity at the arraignment to say, can I press charges against the police officer? It's nuts. And that's the problem, Harold, is that the message gets out there. Like if you if you lock a kid up, okay, who, and he gets out two hours later after he fought a cop, other kids know that. You know, and they very much have emboldened criminals. What would you say? Because I, it was technically speaking, when you were a cop, it was, what are we talking, mid-80s? Uh, I was hired in 84. The year New York City had 3,000 homicides. Oh, my goodness. That is insane. I mean, so you um, obviously were, were a cop in far more adverse times in terms of the violence in the city. But there was more support for the cops back then, would you, wouldn't you say? I, I would say it was, it was a— Bad guys knew their limits, and, mm-hmm. and, and and the public wasn't as bad as it is today. What you said earlier about the 99% of the gentlemen that commit these crimes are committing them in the black community against black people, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous that we don't see that. Yeah. I had a guy one day call me an Uncle Tom. <laughs> I was working in Central Book, and he said, oh, yo, Uncle Tom, you're working for the white man. I went to his, I went to the, to the uh, folder where they keep all the arrest records. Mm-hmm. I pulled out his paperwork. Uh, he was a drug dealer. I looked at it, and Brooklyn is sliced into north and south. Mm-hmm. So all the all the north precincts are the eight four, the mm-hmm. nine one, the eight three. Those are the old Brooklyn North. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it, and I go, "Oh, you sell drugs, and you don't do that pretty much. You don't do that too well because you're always locked up, and you happen to sell drugs in the black community." But I'm the Uncle Tom. <laughs> but it's true. That's the problem with all of these woke, you know, bail initiatives. Is it's it goes back to defund the police. You're you're telling me you're doing this because you care about the black community, but the black community gets the bill. That's who actually suffers when you defund the police. It isn't the white ladies out in the Hamptons. Well, Mr. Saylor, what they did was they they demoralized the police so they could defund themselves because nobody wants the job now. Yep. You're right. My son was a police officer in D.C., and mm-hmm. he, he quit last year, and he called me up in August of last year, and he said, Dad, when you were a cop, did you ever think about killing yourself? Mm-hmm. And I had to listen to him, and I said, son, why are you asking me that? Mm-hmm. He said one of his friends had just committed suicide. Oh, Another sorry. young black cop in D.C. committed suicide. Mm-hmm. When I got hired in 84, that was the ice cream of the day. We need more black cops. We need – they understand us. They got to live in the community. Mm-hmm. I did all of that, and I, and I caught hell. Yep. Of course you I was did. black, I was clean cut, and above all, I was fair and honest. Yep. That's all you can ask for from a cop is to be fair and honest. That's all you can ask for. You're yep. breaking the law, you gotta get you get arrested, you go in, you come out. What's the big today it's a joke. You don't even go to jail. Yep. When I got hired in eighty four, I worked in Central Booking for about fifteen years. When you got locked up on a Thursday, you didn't see a judge till next Thursday. Wow. 
Could you imagine? And if TNT was working, if, if, if Narcotics was working on the Thursday night, mm. and you were a pain in the butt when you were sent your booking, you know, when you don't yeah. want to get fingerprinted, this and that, and you might be in there for two weeks before you see a judge. Could you imagine a world then where you could fight a cop and be out two hours later? Well, I don't know how they're doing that because you can't, you can't, you can't. I guess they're giving desk appearance tickets, yeah. and you can only give a desk appearance ticket to non felonies. Yes. So, so if you're getting a desk appearance ticket for fighting a cop, mm-hmm. it's like he, like Eric said, I can agree with the one thing. It's a joke. The yeah. whole system is a joke. No, you, you get he's it. In charge of it, and he, and he's, and he, he'll say anything to get elected, mm-hmm. and he'll say, oh, he's got the cops back. Well, I didn't see him mention anything about that young man putting that cop in a chokehold. Nope. No, no, no. No, Adams, listen, Adams is a he's not a police officer. He's a politician like you get it. I get it. Uh, you know, he's fighting crime one bottle service at a time at the 4040 Club right now down on 28th Street. Happened to be living in the lawless hellhole called New York City. Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. that walls are racist. We should be building bridges, not walls. In fact, it was Joe Biden himself on the campaign trail who guaranteed that they won't do any more wall construction during his administration. Here's that clip, though, just so you know I'm not making it up. Clip 29. No, there will not be another 
foot of wall constructed on my administration, number one. Number two, what I'm going to focus on, and, the, and your, uh, uh, the fact is that somebody in this group written a lot about the border. Um, I'm going to make sure that we have border protection, but it's going to be based on making sure that we use high-tech capacity to deal with it. And at the ports of entry, what that's where the all the bad stuff is. What about the land confiscations? What about the land confiscations? And and stop, done, over, not going to do it. Withdraw the, the the lawsuits. We're out. You were lying your ass off. So lo and behold, why is that making news this morning and this afternoon or this evening? Whenever you happen to be listening, we're all over the world. It's pretty rad when you think about it. Uh, it is really cool. But the reason Biden's past promises on border walls and depictions of such things as racist is making headway is because the White House just announced that they are finishing uh, the gaps in the Arizona border wall. Although to hear it from them, according to Karine Jean-Pierre, the woman who took over for Jen Psaki, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre would have you believe they're not finishing the wall, they're cleaning up the mess. It's clip 27. Why is the Biden administration building a border wall in Arizona? So um, we are not uh, we're not finishing the wall. Uh, we are cleaning up the mess the prior administration uh, left behind in their in their failed attempt uh, to build a wall. What an idiot. So we're not building the wall. We're just cleaning up the mess. The previous administration left behind in their attempt to build the wall, meaning you're building the wall. But they don't want to own this. But there's a bigger point to be made. Let me give you the rest of this. okay? because she was asked, excuse me, she was asked about her tweet. She had tweeted under Donald Trump in 2019 that walls are racist and anyone who supports them are racist. So Peter Ducey naturally brought up the tweet. Here it is, clip 28. By finishing the wall, is this... We are not finishing the wall. By filling in, finishing? We are not finishing the wall. By filling in. uh, Is this this racist? Because in 2019, when the former guy was proposing a wall, you said uh, that it was his racist wall. So how is this any different? I'm just having a hard time understanding how this is any different. I'm not even sure how you get to your first question, to this question that you just asked me. I will say this. A border wall. I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question. A border wall is ineffective use of taxpayer dollars. So it's ineffective of taxpayer dollars, dollars that actually went to the military that the last administration, the prior president, took from the military, which took away from schools, which mm. took away from military bases. Mm. That's what that money that he pulled away from uh, to build uh, this wall that he wanted that is ineffective, by the way. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, so seriously, she says the wall is ineffective. If it's ineffective, why are they completing it? I think he's got a point. No, it's, it's you know, we're not completing it because it works. We're completing it because it's a mess. You know, the previous president left behind a mess. So we're just going to go, you know, complete it just because. Okay, yo, we're living in the death of shame. I say this all the time. Just so you understand, the official report is that they are out there finishing the gaps in the border wall. Now, if they thought the border wall didn't work and it was a waste of money, wouldn't they just, oh, I don't know, tear it down? 
or at the very least, just leave it alone and not complete it. So you're telling me your rationale is it's just an eyesore. They left behind a mess. So we're just going to we're just going to clean it up. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I mean, that is embarrassing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar representative from the 2nd Congressional District of Oklahoma. He is also your Republican Senate candidate, the great Mark Wayne Mullen, back in the house. Hey, man. What's up, Jimmy? You know what? I am uh, a true story. I'm supposed to be heading down to Oklahoma uh, October the 8th, October the 9th for a couple of radio events. I have a question, though. Am I going to survive? Like, uh, Oklahoma people going to buy me so much beer and spare ribs that I drop dead like I almost did in Texas, or am I going to get out of this alive? <laughs> You'll get out of it alive, but I have to make sure I, I uh, if I'm not in D.C., I want to, which I shouldn't be, actually. I should, we got to make sure we hook up when you're down here. All right, I'll let you know uh, when I'm down I'll, there. I mean, if for no other reason than I can sure, use some I'll of your fighting sure skills survive. for protection, because my fans try to kill me at every event. <laughs> well, you'll be fine here. I promise you, you come in and we take care of our own. All right. So well, we, you'll be all good. All right. Well, that makes me feel better because I, I wasn't committing till I checked in with you. And I told both radio stations that are involved in the promo that I, I, I need I need better security because we have like really passionate fans on this show in a good way, though. OK, it's there's such a thing as too much passion. Like, hey, let's buy Jimmy a drink is wonderful, but let's buy Jimmy 35 drinks. Not so wonderful. You see what I'm saying? Well, see, I, I'll 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 be your wingman, and I don't drink, so I'm good. Even better. And I'll, I'll make sure I'll watch you and get you where you need to get. All right, you got the gig, Mullen. You passed. That's that's as stringent as our interview process is. That's all we needed to hear. So, <laughs> so congrats. Uh, we'll send you send you down a W two. You're on your way. Uh, let's talk about this really quick. We're talking about playing defense. I had a report last week. The Biden administration is apparently filling in the gaps in the border wall. Now they claim this is in Arizona that they're not doing it because they work. It's just you know it's. It's a mess that they're cleaning up. But is there any world where we can take them seriously at that claim? No. And you know what What this is, is just the, the, the administration realizing that their policies suck. And, and they're having to go back and redo some of the things that they're walking back. And so instead of saying, hey, we're going to build this wall for, uh, for the United States for national security issues, they're using the excuse that they're going to build this wall for the immigrants' sake. Mm-hmm. So they don't get in trouble crossing the Colorado River. I mean, it's so much spin out of this administration, like redefining the word recession. It's yeah. one thing after the next. And it kind of goes back to Bill Clinton when he defined the word is. I mean, <laughs> come on. It, it started back then. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. You need like a, a wristband, like you're at a theme park for all the spin, this, you know, this this administration. <laughs> it's like you're at, a, you're at a Six Flags whenever somebody opens their mouth. There's no recession. Uh, there's no anything. It is. You're right. Uh, we're talking to Mark Wayne Mullen, if you're just joining us. Um but when I hear that, though, I mean, on, on some small scale, I know they can never admit publicly that the wall might help, that, you know, it might be a good thing to secure our border. But they must know internally how unpopular this is, because I have we're, we're talking about polling earlier, CBS polling, showing that Biden has brought the Democrats down 40 points with Latino voters. And I believe the reason that's true is because people who migrate to this country legally are in favor of other people doing so as well. Wouldn't it kind of burn your butt a little bit if you came here legally and then you saw Biden letting in a million people illegally? Well, understand, too, most of the migrants that are coming here, they're leaving a country because of the lawlessness. Mm-hmm. They're leaving it because they can't, they don't feel safe where they're at, and there's no, hu- no hope and no future for them where they're at. They're willing to risk everything they have to come to the United States with nothing but a bag that they're carrying mm-hmm. to start new again. A lot of times with their family. 
And when they get here and they do it the right way, they get frustrated when they see that same type of lawlessness coming to our country, and they see it right now with one party, and that's the Democrat Party, and they're fed up with it. Once again, they realize their policy is absolutely wrong for America, but they don't know how to walk it back and admit it. And I tell people all the time, if you can't admit you made a mistake, then you can't ever learn from it. And if you can't ever learn from it, then you're destined to make it again. And that's what the Democrats are here. They're, they can't admit they actually made a policy mistake on immigration with the southern border, with the, with the immigration issues that are going on mm-hmm. down there, the national security risk that's going on. And so they're redefining it, and at the same time, they're losing their their used to be somewhat solid base, and that's the Hispanic vote. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating, man. You know, and in, in the one instance, you know, when it comes to what you know they're trying to do now in the name of reducing inflation, that's also an example of them not learning from a mistake because that bill is just oh, yeah, the Build Back Better agenda by a different name, is it not? Well, let's think about this. They, Jimmy, they they spent us into a recession. Mm-hmm. I mean, they dumped seven point five trillion dollars, which I've said this before. Not for your new listeners, I'll just break it down again. Seven point five trillion dollars in just twenty twenty one. And if you think about that, in one year they spent as much money as you could spend if you spent ten million dollars a day since Jesus Christ was born. Sheesh. They spent that much money in one year, and now their plan to get us out is let's tax our way out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's let's pull more money out of the economy since we dumped $7.5 money, million into the country. Let's pull it out of the job critters, the taxpayers, mm-hmm. and bring it back to Washington, D.C. because they've done such a good job managing the money we sent up there anyways. It's, it, dude, it's insane. And all they did was change the name of the bill because on paper you're like, yeah, I yeah. want to reduce inflation. But this is obviously the complete opposite. And um, I, I'm blown away. But what I think is, and this is what I wanted to get your take on, is I feel like I'm watching a shopping spree. There used to be these game shows where they let someone get in the store for five minutes and whatever they could fit in the grocery cart they could take home. I feel like they know their days are numbered in power between now and the midterms, and they're just trying to cram Absolutely. as much left-wing ideology into that shopping shopping cart as yep. possible. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. And, and keep in mind, you you hit this thing on the, on the head, with, but uh, sorry, I'm, you hear my phone ringing? I just rejected my wife for you, Jim. Oh, come that, you know, on. Well, you're married, but how long are you married? My phone. How? 25 years. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not impressed. If you were married a year, I'd say yes. But, you know, I'm married 16. I'm knocking my wife off for telemarketers at this point. Are you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> no, no, not me. I'm still afraid of my wife. But what <laughs> I was uh, what I was getting at is you blew right past this. You, you, they renamed the Build Back Better to Inflation Reduction Act mm-hmm. because they, they, they're playing on the, on the American people's, honestly, laziness, knowing that they may not research the bill like affordable health care. Obamacare. Yep. They're going to put some fancy name on Inflation Reduction Act because re- inflation's at a 40-year high, 9.1% nationally, mm-hmm. and get this in Oklahoma, it's at 14.9%. Uh, uh, that's that's disproportionately high in Oklahoma, wow. and they're going to rename it, repackage it, and spin it out. But then you got the Democrats that's going to double down because they do, as you know, they do know that their days are numbered. We they know that a red wave is coming in November. No question asked. We're going to win both chambers. Now it's just a matter by how many we're going to win. Do you know Washington State's at play now in the Senate? We got Vermont in play at the Senate. You have New Hampshire at play at the Senate. Colorado's at play. And then we're going to win Georgia, New Han- or, uh, uh, Nevada, and Arizona for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we're going, to take, we're going to win back the House probably by historic margins mm-hmm. um, in, in, in November. And they know it. So they're trying to get all their bad policies, kind of like 
them doing the assault rifle band mm-hmm. um, that uh, that that they just put forth uh, on on Friday evening, late Friday evening. Get get this. This is kind of a joke, but it is kind of funny. Friday, they banned us being on a pet or pet uh, uh, large animals, big cats, and they took away our assault rifles. I don't know what us country folks are going to do anymore. <laughs> oh, thankfully, I mean, I'm going to occupy you guys for one day when I'm down in Oklahoma. But yeah, yeah. You, you're on your own for the other 364, yeah. man. <laughs> I know we have nothing else to do. They took away all the fun. Well, listen, man, we'll figure something out. But just listen, uh, don't tell your wife. I don't want to get beat up by your wife, too. I got one woman beating me up these days. Uh, but I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. The only other thing I wanted to run by you, though, before you go then, okay, is you yourself in the middle of an election, and you're obviously very bullish on the Republican chances, as you know we all are. Um, do you sense within your own party that collective need to get stuff done? Like, I know you is the reason I like talking to you is you're a guy who cares. But I know there's a lot of people in Washington who care a lot about eating dinner at Cafe Milano. Um, do people get it within the Republican Party that it's go time like people are fed up and it's not enough to win the midterms but we got to show up we got to we got to show up and complacency is something that we're concerned about even my election august 23rd which is a runoff Mm -hmm. election august 23rd we're concerned about turnout november we we know we're going to win but one two seats make a difference that people have to show up and then we got to show up we as those that they that they elect to put in office Mm -hmm. we've got to show up and do our job and quit playing politics we can't we can't easy foot it around mm-hmm. and think that well this may not be popular here and this may not be popular there. We've got to do what's best for America. We got to fight for this country. Yep. And sometimes that means that we've got to set back and say I get that it might be disproportionate and not good for the East Coast, uh, but for the other two thirds of the country, it's the right thing to do. That's called negotiation. That's what's putting the country first. That's what's putting the family first. We ha- I have six kids, Jimmy, yep. and we sit down. We make a decision. We do what's best for the family, not best what's what's best for each individual. What, we're a tribe. We move together, mm-hmm. and as a country, we got to move together. And that means we've got to do what is what's going to be hard. We got to make tough decisions. Our country's facing uh, a, a a deficit that is completely out of control. Without question, we're in a recession. Except if you talk to the Democrats, every, every economist out there will tell you, even their liberal. Uh, uh, colleges will tell you we're in a recession, uh, but we're in a recession. Uh, we have in inflation that is that is running rampant. Uh, their their answer to that is raise interest rates at highest rates that we've seen in recent history since actually since World War II, and uh, and we're we're going to have to. We're going to have to buckle down. You know, as a family, mm-hmm. sometimes when you get yourself in a financial decision, you have to get away from your wants and just deal with your needs. And as a country, we're probably at that point right now that we're going to have to quit spending our wants, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to be focused back on what this country's basic needs are until we get our physical house back in order. I'm with you, man. But every time you tell me, because it's it's it all adds up, and and I think everyone listening is nodding their head that we got away from, you know, what we need to do, and we started prioritizing a lot of fantasy land things like what's the weather going to be in 50 years, you know, and you don't really have that luxury when people are taking a beat now. So I agree. But every time you mention that you have six kids, I, you keep bringing me back to this idea that you should have a reality show. Has anyone pitched that? I mean, come on, man. 
dude. Actually, actually yes, because especially when my wife and I were both professional fighters, oh, was we got true? pitched that a few times. I was gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking out for you, dude. You know what I mean? I know you got the Senate, you got the whole country to save. But when you get tired of saving the country, I'm sure there's a channel out there that'll give you a couple of bucks. All I want is craft services. I don't even want to be on the show. Just throw me a couple sandwiches at the tent. Uh, we live reality show every day in my family. Right now, I have two boys. I kid you not, that just had knee surgery. One doing jujitsu. One doing uh, um, uh, wrestling. They're wrestling up in Fargo. Oh man! And uh, I've got two of them in braces in the last three weeks. One ACL. One MCL. Wow, <laughs> that last is last year. That last is... year, Jimmy, I had two boys. Once again, actually, both these same boys both broke their arm within 24 <laughs> hours of each other. <laughs> That's unbelievable, dude. <laughs> She's good times. Well, yeah, it's, a, times. it's different in my house. Like, we'll have somebody pull a hamstring chasing an ice cream truck, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's about it. The guy knows to slow down by now. We're too valuable as customers to keep putting us on the disabled list. But listen, man, good stuff as always. Uh, let's do it again soon, all right, brother? All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Be, Talk to you later. Be well, my man. Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma. If you're listening on KRMG, if you're listening on 96.9 The Eagle, uh, he's got a primary coming up August the 23rd. As a guy with six kids, it's the point he makes that comes back to me. Because I make this point a lot. I say this all the time. you got to run a country like it is a family. Like, I say it all the time. I didn't want to try to, like, steal his thunder in him saying that, but it's true. When you run a family, you have X amount of income. You have Y amount of bills. That's what I say all the time. And he was talking about the difference between our wants and our needs. You know, the kids want to go to Disney World every weekend. <laughs> Those are the wants, but our needs would require dad to turn tricks behind Space Mountain to pay for it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made Saki try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This show, if we were being technical, we could just play that song Biden Lies on loop for three hours a day because the guy's really full of It's a mess. But the big claim today making the rounds all over the political sphere is the Reduce Inflation Act, which is, to be clear, the Build Back Better agenda by a different name. Okay, we open the show talking about this today. We will close the show talking about this because it's worth knowing. Okay, Biden had vowed on the campaign trail that he's not going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. 
Okay, the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, Republicans and Democrats, they have gotten together. They've scored this Reduce Inflation Act. It will increase taxes on every single American making less than $500,000 a year. Democrats are so full of crap. Here's the deal. Okay, if you're making less than $200,000 a year, okay, your taxes are going to increase in, in totality by $16.7 billion between everybody. If you're making above $200,000 a year, your taxes are going to increase by about $14 billion if you're making between $200,000 and $500,000, okay? The only people excluded from this tax increase are people making less than $30,000 a year. So the good news is if you're making less than $30,000 a year, you don't have to pay more taxes. The bad news is you're still making less than $30,000 a year. So this is hardly the hand up because when you start raising taxes on the wealthy and the corporations, these are the people that drive investment. These are the people that hire. So in the end, you at the bottom, you get a tax break, but you also get screwed on your wages and everything in between. That's why the biggest problem I have with Biden, we always make fun of him. There's so many of my son takes shots at him. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. No, no, it never ends. They're always taking shots at Biden. And, you know, we laugh about it. And it's kind of a coping mechanism because it's disturbing to have a guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. That's not good. Okay, but the bigger problem really is the lying, the shameless lying that we have endured during this presidency. And this is something we were forewarned about our whole lives. Okay, Biden was a guy, you know, going back to his first four presidential runs, who was known for being full of it, you know, and he's resigned for presidential runs in the past for plagiarizing things. He resigned once after saying he graduated at the top of his law class on a full scholarship, only to have us find out what? That he didn't even get a scholarship? Let me give you 20 seconds of that. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 <laughs> credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. You did you hear that? <laughs> you got a guy running the country, if he's even in charge, who's completely and totally full of... Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.